Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Welcome to the Columbus Day edition of Atlanta's Evening News. I am Mark Aram, filling in for the conservative Viking Eric Erickson. Big, meaty three-hour show for you tonight with you till 7 in the p.m. We're going to have some fun later on, play a little millennial match game, get some fast food reviews in. We're going to start with uh, some breaking news you heard here live on WSB Radio. Verdict finally reached in the Robert Chip Olson trial. Uh, we're going to be covering this for the next hour or so. Uh, joining me live in studio is uh, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway on the phone. WSB senior legal analyst Ron Carlson. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How is everybody? We're doing great, Mark. Thanks so much for having us. Ron, how about you, bud? Mark, always enjoy being with you on the show, and glad to be with you and Phil this afternoon. That's terrific. So we, we've been following this case for four years, guys. This was the uh, the case against the DeKalb police officer who was charged with murder for shooting an unarmed military veteran in uh, basically the parking lot of an apartment complex. Today, after much deliberation, the jury came back and found Robert Chip Olson, the police officer, not guilty on two felony murder counts, sparing him a sentence of life in prison. But the jurors reached guilty verdicts on four lesser charges, two counts of violation of both their office and aggravated assault and making a false statement. First reaction to the verdict, Ron, uh, when, when you heard it here live on WSB Radio. Good, Mark. Well, the storyline of the case to me, Mark, is the acquittal of the murder charges. There's a legal maxim which says the wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind exceedingly fine. Now, here the jury came out with a verdict of acquittal on these murder charges, and that came after days of diligent study by this jury. They ordered up key evidence to be played back. Then they also asked last week for guidance on the law, and the judge sent in the written jury instructions. In the end... There were 30 hours of deliberation exceeded the deliberations in both the Tex MacGyver and the Ross Harris case. So applause to this jury for coming up with a verdict in the end. I did tell Veronica Waters yesterday, Mark, uh, that uh, the jury will come back fresh on Monday. Batteries will be recharged over the weekend, and I expect them to clear up all the charges, I said, early this week, and indeed they did that. Phil, last week we were waiting on deliberations and waiting, and we heard from the jury that they, they were uh, unanimous on some of the charges but split on the others. I guess we can now say uh, pretty confidently that it was the murder charges they couldn't agree on, correct? Well, this was clearly a compromise verdict, at least in my opinion. Uh, the underlying felony offenses here, the aggravated assault and the violation of oath, they found guilty verdicts on those charges. 
the it seems to me pretty clear early on that there was probably going to be an acquittal or at least a hung jury with respect to the murder counts. And so I think what we probably saw over the last several days was this jury uh, engaging in the business of compromising, deciding who can get what votes to be pulled over to another side so that they could uh, deliver either guilty or not guilty, so that there would not have to be any subsequent retrials in any outstanding counts. Is that commonplace in juries? Do, jur- do jurors do that often? They're not supposed to. They're instructed that they're not really supposed to uh, give up a strongly held conviction in the jury room, but we know that it happens. Mm-hmm. It's very common uh, that jurors will sort of negotiate with other jurors to kind of get uh, most of what they want in an, in an overall verdict, at least in my experience. Mark Aram, uh, covering the breaking news you heard here at WSB Radio, a verdict in the Robert Chip Olson count uh, case uh, found not guilty of two felony murder counts, but Ron, he was found guilty of four lesser charges, a violation of oath of office, aggravated assault, and making a false statement. Um, he was released on bond today. Uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to that part of the story in just a second. But uh, these charges that he's convicted of are, are these big charges, serious charges? Is he going to jail? Well, the aggravated assault charge is quite serious. Uh, but we'll talk in a minute, Mark, about what the potential sentence might be on these deliberations. When a case is this even, it's understandable the jury will take some time with it. Now, partisans for both sides would say to me, what do you mean even? Well, there are strong points on each side of this case. From the officer's point of view, the suddenness of the situation that he had to react to a rushing man in seconds. From the prosecution's point of view, hey, the victim was unarmed. This was a mental episode. The officer should not have met that with lethal force. And finally, there were other means available. He had a baton on his belt, a taser, and a spray, probably a pepper spray. So why not use one of those? Such were the arguments, and uh, many would view this case as relatively even. Certainly, it was not a slam-dunk case for either side. Thanks, Rod. Mark Ehrman for Eric Erickson with WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway and Ron Carlson discussing the uh, breaking news you heard here on WSB Radio. Uh, the Robert Chip Olson trial in DeKalb County uh, found not guilty of two felony murder counts, but of four lesser charges. Sentencing will occur November 1st over the state's objection, Phil. Um, and he was out on bond. Let's talk about the bond issue. The, the state didn't want him to get bond. But he was bonded out for $80,000 total. No, quite predictably, the prosecutor said, you know, Judge, let's go ahead and revoke his bond based on the jury's verdicts of conviction on those counts. And the judge actually did that. And as I understand it, she set a new bond uh, in the amount of 80 thousand dollars with some certain conditions on it. So effectively, the way that has to work is he's got to go back into custody. I think that happened uh, at, from the courtroom. And... If he's able to post this bond, and it's 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 pretty high, so it uh, it may be it may be something that the the family, if they can if they can get it together to bond him out, it can take a little while. But mm-hmm. he's going to have to go into the jail and be processed back in, and then re-released on bond if he can post this bond a second time. And if he gets it, November first sentencing, so he's going to have two weeks basically yeah. at home to get his affairs in order. Is that he, his legal team will have a couple of weeks to get their arguments together? They have an opportunity to present evidence in mitigation of punishment. So basically, there can be a contested hearing, and that hearing 
could last for hours or it could last for a couple of days potentially. But my guess is it will be done in one day and each side will get to present evidence and arguments either in aggravation of punishment or in mitigation of punishment. And the judge in her discretion will be able to impose the sentence that she believes is fair under the circumstances. Ron, uh, depending on the verdict, is there any chance the defense team says, you know what, let's we're going to appeal this verdict. We don't we don't like the 20 years in jail. Is there any chance this thing goes back to the courtroom? Well, I think they probably will appeal the uh, the the big assault conviction. Uh, I can't conceive that they would not do that. And as you're discussing with Phil, Mark, uh, speculation now focuses on what the sentence will be. That'll be coming up with commendable speed, I might uh, add. The judge will do it on November 1st. This is not like the Bill Cosby case who was convicted in May, then sentenced in September. Oh, no, this judge is moving right to it. Now, as a comparative matter, that officer in Texas who killed the unarmed man, she was in the wrong apartment, uh, she got 10 years on that murder conviction, and some legal observers would say, hey, this officer should not get more time for an assault than what a sister jurisdiction hands out in Texas for murder in a similar sort of crime. We've, we found out today, or at least I found out today, Phil, that prior uh, to the trial, uh, Olson uh, was offered a plea deal from the state that included a 20-year prison sentence with 15 to serve. He turned that down, or his attorneys turned that down. He might be looking at a similar verdict here from the judge, uh, which leads me to believe that, that that's too long for them. They think it's gonna, that's too long of a sentence. So the, the appeal, I would think, would be in order to try to get that, uh, that sentence knocked down. I think it's 100% they're going to appeal it, but the judge has to decide sentencing before that appeal can happen. If you consider someone who's in their mid-50s, as uh, Olson is, a 15-year sentence on something as serious as aggravated assault, you have to assume that you're going to serve almost all of that sentence. You can't really assume that you're going to get parole. So from that perspective, there's not effectively much difference in considering whether or not it's in your best interest to plea when you're looking at a 15-year sentence versus a life sentence, which is, of course, what murder carries mm -hmm. in Georgia. He could get, depending on issues that we would call merger, which has to do with whether some counts are effectively absorbed into other counts, and that's going to be an argument that the lawyers will have on the day of sentencing as to what the sentencing parameters are. But absent any issues of merger of offenses, he could potentially get up to 35 or so years. Uh, but the judge can do all of that in prison or none of it in prison, really, in her discretion. Let, let's say, let's uh, play the hypothetical game here. Ron Carlson, WSB senior legal analyst. Let's say the, the judge sentences uh, the former DeKalb officer to 10 years out three with good behavior. Is that is that a small enough sentence that, you know, uh, they, they might not appeal, that, that Chip Olson might say, all right, I'll do that? That could be appealing. And uh, I'd like to get Phil's thought on this. Phil, what about the fact that the defendant is free pending sentence in this case and not immediately remanded to jail uh, without bond? Does that suggest there may be a generous attitude toward the officer 
when sentencing comes around. Well, Ron, that's a great point, and I think what it means is that the judge understands that this is someone who has no criminal history. There's apparently Mm -hmm. an absence of premeditation and deliberation, and let's just say at best maybe the judge is interpreting this as a situation where someone panics. So it's not like he's a flight risk or a risk to uh, commit another crime if he's released on bond. A quick reminder that WSB Radio's partner with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on the Real Crime Breakdown podcast about this Anthony Hill. Robert Olson case. Uh, it's on WSBRadio.com or search uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. AJC Breakdown. Speaking of AJC, Christian Boone's been following the story. He was in the courtroom today. He'll join us next half hour. We continue to cover this breaking news. A verdict reached in the Robert Trip uh, Robert Chip Olson case continues next on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Team coverage continues of the breaking news. A verdict in the Robert Chip Olson murder trial. Split verdicts for the former DeKalb County police officer charged with shooting a naked, unarmed veteran four years ago. WSB legal analyst Ron Carlson and Phil Holloway join us here on Atlanta's Evening News. Uh, sentencing November 1st. Uh, I'm going to go hypothetical, and I'll start with Ron, and I'll get your take on this, uh, Phil. Uh, l- let's say he is convicted for whatever amount of time, and he does have to serve some jail time. As a former police officer, Ron, is is he going to be protected in, in prison? Is he going to have uh, you know protective custody because he's a former police officer? Well, there have to be some special steps taken because it's notoriously the case, as you're pointing out, Mark, that uh, police officers are often, very often, targets when they're in jail or the penitentiary. So some special steps will have to be taken, absolutely. Phil, in your experience, what, what kind of uh, special circumstances will, would he, if, if he has to go to jail, which we assume he will, um, what kind of special care will be given to him? Well, it's not special treatment in the sense that he's going to have a, a walk in the park if it's he not does the, get it's sentenced not the to jail. Good fellas. It's right. not them, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's It has to do with uh, isolation and segregation away from other prisoners because, as Ron points out, they are targets oftentimes of other inmates. And so the Department of Corrections, um, whether it's in Georgia or any any place else, when they have a police officer or a former police officer who's in custody, uh, the standard of care, so to speak, that they have to live up to requires them to look out for the safety of their inmates to the best of their ability. And so that's what this is all about. It's not really like special kid glove kind of treatment. It just really has to do with safety. Do we know, Ron, um, where he would serve his prison time? Would it be in DeKalb County? Well, of course, if he did not get felony sentencing, it could be in DeKalb County. But it's probably more likely it's going to be a penitentiary sentence of some kind. Phil, is that your judgment? If it's a penitentiary sentence, Ron, I agree with you. Of course, uh, if it's a felony sentence, it's going to belong to and be owned by the Georgia Department of Corrections. Uh, but if the sentencing is is for some misdemeanor, and I'm, I'm having to think about what that could be. I don't know that I saw one in the indictment. But even if he gets six months to serve on a felony, in Georgia, that sentence is owned by, and by that I mean controlled by the Georgia Department of Corrections. So the sheriff's office, which operates the jail in DeKalb County, doesn't have any control over uh, that particular sentence. How much time someone serves on a felony sentence is a decision for the Georgia Department of Corrections. The crime happened four years ago. The trial took a long time. The deliberation took a long time. We finally have a sentence in the Robert Chip Olson murder trial. Not guilty on two felony murder counts. 
but he was convicted of four lesser charges, two counts of violating oath of office, aggravated assault, and making a false statement. Our coverage continues when we come back with WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway and Ron Carlson, plus Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution joins us. He was in the court today when the decision was handed down. Mark Ehrman for Erickson on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. On count one, felony murder, we the jury find the defendant not guilty. On count two, felony murder. As heard here on WSB Radio, Robert Chip Olson, DeKalb County police officer, found not guilty on two felony murder accounts. Uh, a big trial we've been following since uh, March of 2015, I believe. Mark Ehrman for Eric Erickson on Atlanta's Evening News. He was found guilty, however, of four lesser charges, two counts of violation of oath of office, aggravated assault, and making a false statement. We're discussing this breaking news and the verdicts live here in studio with WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway. Phil, you and I were not in the courtroom, but Christian Boone was, and he has been following this case for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for uh, for all four years, I would believe. Christian, what Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Take us into the courtroom today during uh, during sentencing, the verdict, rather. Uh, what was the atmosphere and what was the reaction from uh, from all occupants? Well, very tense. You know, we've been waiting for uh, six days of deliberations to get a verdict. And uh, really, the verdict didn't please anybody. I mean, it was the uh, uh, Robert Olson's wife was you know, inconsolable. She was screaming, no, 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 as... The guilty verdicts on the lesser counts were were read, and Robert Olson himself was crying. Um, and I looked back at the uh, Hill family, and they were just kind of shaking their heads like, this is, you know, I guess we expected this. So, really, no one leaves here happy with the outcome. When that happens, Phil Holloway, is, does that mean it's a, it's a good verdict, the fact that both sides were, were not happy with it? Or what's your read on that? Well, there's no way to really get around the fact that aggravated assault, while it's not murder and it doesn't have the mandatory minimum of life in prison that a murder carries, it does carry up to 20 years. And that is a hefty, hefty sentence that he's potentially facing, potentially in prison. So it's quite understandable that you're going to have family members of the defendant get upset. And, of course, you've got a lot of people in that courtroom that felt that Olson was a cold-blooded, heartless killer, and of course, they wanted murder. So, you know, this was clearly a compromised verdict, but in my experience, jurors tend to take their jobs very seriously, and they will take their time uh, if given the opportunity, and this judge did give them the opportunity. They will take their time, and they will work through these things very slowly. Christian, I know you talked to the uh, the family of Anthony Hill uh, throughout the uh, process, and of course, on the uh, podcast, the AJC Breakdown podcast. Did any of the family members speak after after the verdict today? I spoke with the uncle briefly. Um, he said that, uh, you know, this is, they were disappointed, but it's about what they expected. I think when the deliberations, you know, went on so long that they, they kind of knew there was a hold-up, hang-up on the uh, murder charges. Um, we spoke to one of the jurors, too, who uh, offered some interest, some insight. Uh, this is fairly, a fairly contentious um, decision. I mean, they were, the, the jurors were really kind of going at it. I get a, they were pretty much evenly split on the murder charges. 
So, and, and it should be noted, too, when the verdict was read, two of the jurors were crying. So this, uh, this left some emotional scars on a lot of people. Hey, I read your story on AJC.com. Uh, two of the jurors uh, were in tears, you report, as the verdicts were announced. Uh, did Were they in tears because the, they wanted the murder conviction? Do you, do you know why they were, were crying? Don't know. Don't know yet. Don't know why they, uh, why they were upset. But, um, yeah, this was certainly a compromised verdict. And, you know, I think like the, def- uh, the defendant's family and the victim's family, the jur- jurors were probably not, most of them were probably not very happy with the, uh, with the outcome they reached. Christian Boone joining uh, Mark Aram, Phil Holloway here, a special edition of Atlanta's Evening News, in for Eric Erickson. I mentioned the podcast. It, it's 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 quite remarkable for those that don't know much about this case. Again, we've been following it here at the station uh, for four years. Uh, just to search AJC Breakdown on WSBRadio.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can really get a, a, a deep sense of, of how important this case was to a lot of people, uh, both in and out of the law enforcement community. I definitely uh, consider it a must-listen. And now, um, I, uh, now that we have the verdict and we're going to see sentencing on November 1st, I would suspect we'll have an additional uh, episode or two of that podcast. On count three aggravated assaults, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty of aggravated assault. On count four, violation of oath by public officer, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty of violation of oath by public officer. Phil Holloway, I mentioned the, the law enforcement community. Obviously, you have a lot of deep ties there. Uh, what has been uh, the, the feeling of the, the man or woman on the beat about this case leading up to today's uh, verdict? And, and what do you think their reaction is going to be? Well, quite honestly, Mark, a lot of officers are, are kind of scratching their heads over why he was charged in the first place. And the reason I say that is that there is police training out there at, where officers are trained that Every year or so, some officer somewhere is assaulted, if not killed, by someone who is uh, naked and who is experiencing uh, psychological or psychiatric distress. Mm -hmm. And so these officers are scratching their heads. They're saying, look, I mean, you're telling me in this training that... um, we're not going to go back and use the 2020 lens of hindsight if there's ever a court case and you're training me that people in this type of situation can, in fact, be lethal threats. So a lot of officers are wanting to reconcile how they've been trained with how officers are sometimes later charged when prosecutors do use the 2020 lens of hindsight. Phil Holloway joins us in studio. Uh, again, if you're just getting in your car, uh, we finally had a verdict today in the Robert Olson trial. Uh, the former DeKalb County police officer charged with two felony counts of murder was uh, was not was found not guilty there, but he was charged in four lesser counts. Two counts of violation of oath of office, aggravated assault, and making a false statement. The oath of uh, office charges, Phil Holloway, that, that, that's a new one to me. What, what is that about? Peace officers in Georgia uh, have to be sworn. They, they take an oath uh, to do their job and to do it consistent with the laws and the Constitution. So it's not at all uncommon when you have public officials or police officers when they get charged with some other crime. In this case, of course, he was charged with murder and aggravated assault, that prosecutors will tack that on there as well. It's a felony offense that carries up to five years. So is is that common? I mean, I've never I've never actually seen that or heard that. If I have, I don't remember the uh, the oath of office violation. It's almost um, automatic, pretty much, in my experience. When officers are accused of something, uh, we we see it 
in cases, of course, where officers are involved in something that's dishonest. Um, that's not really the case here. This was a violent offense as charged. And, of course, aggravated assault is, is a violent it's a conviction for a violent offense, but it's pretty common that you see that anytime there's an indictment of a public official or police officer. Uh, talking to a WSB legal analyst, Phil Holloway here on Atlanta's Evening News, convicted of making a false statement. Do we know what that false statement was, Phil? It has to do with how he described the incident to the GBI uh, investigators following uh, the shooting. Uh, there's going to be some issues uh, that will be brought up on appeal, I'm sure, that have to do with um, maybe the propriety or the way that this interview was conducted. Uh, but it has to do with some things that prosecutors have alleged and the jury has concurred with them now uh, that he said to investigators uh, in the days following the incident that did not match other evidence that they had. Phil Holloway here in studio, Atlanta's Evening News, covering the breaking news you heard here on WSB Radio in the Robert Chip Olson murder trial. Split verdicts, but not guilty on two felony murder counts. Uh, sentencing will be held November 1st. Your thoughts on this, uh, obviously, uh, big water cooler case. A lot of people have been talking about that. We've been covering this, again, since I think it was March of 2015 when the incident occurred. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Your thoughts on today's verdict? Was it too harsh? Was it too lenient? And what do you think about uh, possible sentencing for the former DeKalb police officer? 404-872-0751-800. WSB Talk. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Arum. M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. This is 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. So yes, I guess I must get fast. You can get down to serious business with this. Welcome back to the show, 455, 76 degrees on Peachtree Street, Mark Aram live in for Eric Erickson, the conservative Viking. I'll be back on for Eric tomorrow. Don't forget, you listen to the Mark Aram Show Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. here on 95.5 WSB. Uh, Phil Holloway and I are taking your calls at 404-872-0751-800 WSB Talk. In case you're just joining us, a verdict reached today in the Robert Chip Olson murder trial for the former DeKalb County police officer. Not guilty on two felony counts of murder, but he was convicted on four lesser charges. Two counts of violating oath of office, aggravated assault, and making a false statement. Could the uh, up to 20 years in prison sentence? Sentencing will occur November 1st, 404-872-0750. Your thoughts on today's verdict. Anthony's in Sandy Springs. Anthony, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Mark. I um, I just wanted to make a statement because I, I do armed security contracting for the federal government, and we've been trained in something that's called excited delirium. And what that is is when a person... Much like the situation, they're, they're naked and sweating, and usually they have mental health issues, and a lot of times they're on drugs. A lot of times, the uh, less than lethal options that we have on our belt, such as a taser or a baton, is ineffective in trying to counter a threat like that. So um, I can understand. I have mixed feelings about the case because I can understand why what uh, Officer Olson may have been thinking at the time, uh, but. I think in the community it doesn't play well because of what we see around the country. A lot of uh, minorities. And, and another one today. Um, what was where was that case today, Phil? I heard about about uh, another. Oh, it was op- in Texas. In uh, Texas, Fort Worth, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Anthony, what was the what was the term you used there? 
It's called excited delirium. Excited delirium. Phil, you're, That's you're right. familiar with that. And this? that was, a, of course, and that was a big part of this particular case. And when I mentioned earlier that this is what officers are trained in, as, as he quite uh, clearly points out here, uh, some of the most dangerous people that officers are trained that they will encounter are naked people who are experiencing some type of psychiatric trauma. It's just... If someone is naked and in public and they're not involved in some type of a political protest or they're not uh, maybe a working professional of some type, sure. then then officers basically are trained that if they encounter that, they need to go on high alert. Yeah. And so, you know, it makes you wonder if the next time an officer in get, sees someone who is, you know, potentially a lethal person who is experiencing this excited delirium, will that officer... In the next case, possibly hesitate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mir joins us on the program. Hello, Mir. Mir? Hello? Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Mel from Southwest Atlanta. You know, I, you whoa, know whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mel? I'm saying, Legendary I'm Mel? To, I'm saying, listen to you. Talking about the, uh, 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 what this police did. This police is a murder, man. That man was naked. How in the world he going to be... How in the world he going to... Be able to do anything to this officer naked. No, he didn't have anything. He, and, and listen to the lawyers uh, 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 agreed with the jury. This police should have been guilty for all, all the counts. Mel, always a pleasure, my friend. Phil, likewise. Of much, much like I'm Mel, it's here. always a pleasure to share the airways <laughs> with you. Uh, thanks, of course, to uh, Ron Carlson and Christian Boone from the AJC, who apparently had to jump off and cover breaking news. Uh, we'll continue to follow this story. You'll have the very latest tomorrow morning on Atlanta's Morning News, starting with Scott Slade at 4.30 a.m. I need a contestant right now to play uh, Time Zone Trivia, Chuck. 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Mark Ehrman for Eric Erickson on WSB. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, 509, 75 degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Ehrman for the conservative Viking, Eric Erickson, with you till 7. A modest 4.5 on the Mark Aram Show back sweat meter. Not bad today, not bad at all. Keep up the good work, Mellish. Uh, what's going on in the show tonight? We're going to have some fun. Johnny Kilbasa will join us in 30 minutes with a faster interview. We'll play Millennial Match Game at 6, as we do every Monday on the Mark Aram Show. And we've got some interesting stories to talk about, including, did you guys see, you guys are all dog lovers. Do you see the story about that woman in Florida who lost her dog 12 years ago? I did. The dog ran away 12 years ago. They just found it in Pittsburgh. What? Yeah. The chip, right? Yeah, yeah, the chip. Crazy story. We'll talk about that. But uh, I consider myself a knowledgeable fella in most things. I know a little bit about a lot of things. So I can get by in conversation. That, that's why I kind of work as a talk show host. Uh, my, my knowledge is, is shallow, but I know a lot about a little. You can scratch a little the surface. About a lot. Yeah, I can scratch the surface. <laughs> One thing that I cannot do, I just can't nail time zones. I'm horrible. Like, I'm okay with geography, but the time zones, I, I just can't do it for whatever it is. I've got a mental block on time zones. Chuck is very good at time zones. So I'm okay. So we're going to play. You're okay. You're better than me. He's lived in different times. Yeah, you're better than me. Uh, So uh, we're going to play a game we like to call Time Zone Trivia. Time Zone Trivia. Thank you, Edgar. So basically, here's the deal, Deb Green. Explain to the folks how this game works. All right, so I've got cities all across the United States in different time zones, and I'm going to ask both you and Charlie what time zone they're located, and then you just have to guess the correct time zone. All right, our contestant for Time Zone Trivia is Luke. Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Uh, from Loganville, Georgia. Elville. Yes, sir. 
Uh, two kids, married. Uh, Fair enough. Well, I got a I got a perfect picture of your life in Loganville now. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, we're gonna uh, there's gonna be we're gonna do best of seven. Okay. All right. Best of seven. We're gonna right. Deb is gonna ask Chuck and I seven time zone trivia questions, and you have to guess whether or not we'll get it right or not. Uh, if you get four before we run out of seven, you'll win the prize pack. Okay. And it's a big prize, Deb Green. What is it? It is tickets to go see the Eagles when they come to State Farm Arena next February. The Eagles. All right. So no pressure, Luke. Here we go. And again. I stink at this, and Chuck's decent. So just a little advice there. All right, uh, we'll start with Chuck, the defending champ. What is the first time zone, Deb Green? All right, Rapid City, South Dakota. Rapid City, South Dakota. Luke, uh, Chuck is from Whitefish, Montana, just to give you a little heads up. Will he know a time zone, Rapid City? What is it? Rapid Falls? Rapid City, South Dakota. Rapid City, South Dakota. Will he know what time zone that is? Yes, he will. Chuck, Rapid City, South Dakota. What time zone is that? Pretty sure it's on the eastern edge of the mountain time zone. That's, mountain time zone. That's right, mountain. There you go. All right. Luke gets a point. Very easy game here. All right. It's going right. to be tougher with me. Well, what's mine? All right. I think you should know this one. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina, Luke. Will I know what time zone Charlotte, North Carolina is? Yes, you will. It seems like it's so easy that I might screw this up, but I it's got to be Eastern, right? It's it is Eastern. Eastern. Yeah, all right. all right. There you go. Think of it on the map, right? Two po- yeah, two points on the map. Well, I'm trying to think Charlotte played in the uh, in the NBA Eastern Conference, right? So it must be Eastern. But they're in the – but I don't know. They're in the NFC. They're the, the South now. Anyway, all right. Well, I got it right. I'm not even going to second quest, uh, guess me. All, all right, right, Chuck's up next. Time zone trivia. Uh, will Chuck know this time zone, Luke? Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, Kansas, right in the middle, right in the middle of the map. Will Chuck, with his low testosterone and all, will he know what time zone Wichita, Kansas is? I am going to say no. You say no. Chuck, Wichita. I'm pretty sure that's in the central time zone. That's right. That central is correct. Oh, no point. No point, no point for, uh, Luke. for Luke. All right. Luke still has two points. You need four to win. I'm up, Deb Green. All right. Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Luke, will I know what time zone Boise, Idaho is in? No, you will not. Oh, geez. I've never been to Idaho. I know they have potatoes. I know uh, Boise State plays on the blue field in football. Does that count? Um, When in doubt, go mountain. I'm going to say mountain time zone. It's mountain time zone. It is. All right. I knew one. No point. No point for you, Luke. I'm sorry. I I should have thrown that one away. Uh, Boise State. I love that blue turf, by the way. I can't watch it. It hurts my eyes. Maybe the Falcons can switch up their luck and change uh, the turf to blue. (laughs) Anything. We're going to back to uh, time zone trivia in just a second. Time zone trivia continues with Luke in Loganville. I think just might have gotten a car accident. Are you okay, Luke? And, uh, I'm fine. All right. So Luke is playing for <laughs> Eagles tickets, Deb yes. Green. Huge prize. Um, we're trying to Luke's trying to guess whether or not Chuck and I will know these time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck is up. What uh, city are we looking at here? All right. We're checking out Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. There we go. That's the bet I like. Yeah, we're yeah. getting a little bit more. All right. There we go. Little Rock, Arkansas. Will Low T. Chuck know what time zone that is? I think he will. Chuck, Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, I. Mm, this is. I'm gonna say that it is in the right Eastern Time Zone. No, I would have said Central. It That's, is Central. I, it is Central. Oh, I think of the river. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I, just, I mean, I just think anything west of of the Georgia line is west. Yeah, well, is, is Central, know, right? No. Not, not quite. No, not no, really. No, no, no. <laughs> pretty much. No. I mean, on the south, <laughs> pretty in the, much. In the southeast, like everything west of. 
Anyway, all right, I'm up now. Uh, Time Zone Trivia continues with uh, Luke in uh, Loganville. Luke, what's your favorite restaurant in Loganville, by the way? Uh, I don't know. There's not a... It's all chain. All right, fair enough. I'll pick your favorite chain in Loganville. All right, I'm up, Deb Green. All right, this one's going to be a little bit tougher, I will say. Okay. Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, my God. Fairbanks, Alaska. Is it so? Is it outside of the normal East well, Central Rocky ask, and is he, Mountain? Is or gonna, Mo- you got to ask him if he'll know it or not. Oh, right? I'm sorry, <laughs> Luke. Yeah. yeah, Luke. I was trying to clarify for Luke the rules <laughs> right. of the game. Yeah. Luke, obviously, I'm not going to know this one. I don't think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're going to know it either. I, I don't think there's many people that actually do. Yeah, I'm going right. to say uh, <laughs> the Pacific Rim time zone. If that's an even one. <laughs> no, it no. is actually Alaska time zone. They have oh. their own time zone. All right, so so that so we are doing. So, Outside of the big four. It's still the United All States, right? just right? checking. Is that really a thing? Alaska yes. time zone? Yes. yes. Did you know that, Chuck? Yeah. All right. Of course you did. You get the point, Luke. Okay. My pleasure <laughs> to help you out there. Thank All right. Chuck's Chuck, uh, Time zone trivia. What's Chuck City? All right. Detroit, Michigan. Ooh. Detroit, Michigan. Home of our very own Veronica Harrell from the WSB traffic team. Dr. Detroit, one of my favorite movies of all time. Will uh, Chuck know what time zone is? Detroit, Michigan, Luke. What do you think? I think he's going to know. A lot of pressure, Chuck. Detroit. I'm pretty sure it's in the central time zone. No, it is eastern. What? Is it really? Yes, Michigan is eastern. Well, they used to play in the AL, uh, the AL East, and now they're in the AL Central. That sounds like fake news to me. That's east, <laughs> huh, Michigan, really? Michigan is eastern time <laughs> See, zone. See, this is yes. a tougher game than we thought. All right, no point there. All Luke, right. I'm up. What do we got, Deb Green? Uh, all right, Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, uh, for geez, sweet Luke. I mean, right in the middle. I'm sorry, Luke. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to give you any hints. Will I know what that is? Uh, I, I feel like you might not. All right, Lincoln, Nebraska. Tommy Frazier. Remember him on the uh, Cornhusker teams back in the late '80s, early '90s? He was awesome. Red. They got red colors. This is. I'm just killing time. Well, it's not oh, yeah. East, and it's not. West or Pacific, and it's not Alaska, right? So it's, it's either Alaska. central or mountain. Oh, Nebraska. I don't. Th- I think Nebraska's pretty flat. I'm going to go central time zone. It is central. Yes. All right. Oh. I used to. Uh, Tommy Frazier was my favorite uh, football players of all time. All right. Uh, last one. Low right. tees up. Here we go, Luke. Real pressure. But you got Eagles tickets on the line. All right. All right. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nueva Mexico. This is one of those. I'm going to say no. It's a good call. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is one of those that's on the edge. Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm going to say it's in the mountain time zone. It is in the mountain time zone. Did he say no or yes? He said no. All right. Well, that's the end of the game. But you know what, Luke? We love you. We love Loganville. We love chain restaurants, so we're going to hook you up with the prize pack anyway. Deb Green, tell them what he won. Going to go check out the Eagles play Hotel California in entirety at State Farm Arena next February. You just made your wife very, very Thank happy, you. Luke. And Thank as an you added very, bonus, very much. You guys are very kind. As you said, you had two kids, right? I did. As an added bonus, Longoria has offered to babysit for your two kids the night of the concert. <laughs> All right, he's going to make his world-famous brisket. Hang on the uh, line, Luke. Uh, Chuck's going to get some info. Uh, Albuquerque, is that where... uh, 
Where did Breaking Bad take place? Was that Albuquerque, New Mexico? I actually never watched that. No? I don't know. I've only watched one episode. The, the new movie is out now on Netflix. Yeah, that's what I was trying to catch up, but yeah. Yeah, what, it was like 15 seasons I yeah, had to run through. Right. Uh, good job there. Time... It was somewhere out in the desert. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> out in the desert. Anyway, I didn't watch it, but I did watch an amazing series on Netflix this week. I'll tell you about it when we come back. Uh, we're going to have some fun. Why not? It's a holiday. We should be having fun. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Airman for Erickson on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Welcome back to uh, the program. Mark Airman for Eric Erickson till 7 and back tomorrow 4 to 7. Uh, just confirmed Deb Green. DOT Commissioner Russell McMurray will join us on the show tomorrow. Do you know what tomorrow is? A big day in Atlanta traffic history. You want to guess, Longoria, what tomorrow is? Um, big day in Atlanta traffic history. Eat pizza in your car day. That is every day. Um, it is the 50th anniversary of I-285. Really? Tomorrow, the 50th anniversary of I-285. Wow. So uh, DOT Commissioner Russell, Russell McMurray will join us live on the show tomorrow. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Uh, 404-872-0750. Oh, we, just, we, we had the banana on the line. It was gonna, was, we were going to talk to the banana. And the oh, banana, what happened? I don't know. The banana just hung up. That's all right. We got Johnny Kilbasa coming up with the fast review. Anyway, the show on Netflix that I watched this weekend, it's called Spy. Have you heard of this, Deb Green? I haven't seen that one yet. I, I think it's a new release because it popped up. Like, mm. I've been binge watching, like, these spy shows sure. and, like, these crit, like, um, Blacklist oh, yeah. with uh, Spader. Like, so that's, like, the genre I'm into right now. God, I want to be in the CIA or the FBI so bad. I, if listen, if you're listening, guys, and you need somebody, I'm here to do what? I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. smarter than me. They'll figure out. Okay. Even I, whatever, I don't care. I, I, that's I'm so intrigued by it. Anyway, so this came up as recommended on Netflix, and it's, it's spy, and it's about it's a true story about an Israeli spy in the '60s. Uh, it was just a normal guy, actually, Chuck, like me. Um, that he was, he kept applying to to the Israeli Secret Service or whatever, mm-hmm. and they kept rejecting him. And then they finally needed somebody, so like, all right, bring in this jack wagon. So they bring him in, and they do like this six month intense training to train him to be a, a spy. And they send him into Syria as a spy, and it's a true story, and it's amazing how far he got in the ranks in in Syria as a spy. Um, it's called Spy, and, but here's the thing. It stars uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat. So if you're if you're a fan of Borat, it takes a couple minutes to like forget that. All right, this He's is good not in Borat. serious roles. Yeah, he was yeah. he was very good. He turned out to be very good. So I recommend if you're looking for something to binge, um, it's Spy. I watch it on Netflix, uh, I, which I get by the way through uh, Xfinity now. What do you think you could spy as? I don't know. I'm, I blend. Oh, yeah, you blend. blend. What was that? That was the Seinfeld thing. Yeah, you blend. I blend. I could be a spy. That's my retirement plan. Is to be a That's spy. your retirement plan? On, on, on your own private island, right? I'm not necessarily going to be a spy, but work for the CIA or the FBI. Absolutely. Informant. And, well, I'm not going to turn tail and, and rat on anybody or anything like that. But anyway, when we come back, Johnny Kilboss with the Fast Food Review. Airman for Erickson on WSB. Five thirty-nine, twenty-one in front of six o'clock. I am not Eric Erickson. I am Mark Aram with you till seven tonight and tomorrow, four to seven, as the conservative Viking takes some time off. Much deserved, Chuck. We call this much deserved time off. I guess he's working two jobs now, so I don't know. It's just time off. It's just time off. Anyway, uh, it's <laughs> dinner time for me. My stomach is growling, 
and I'm sure you are too, sitting in traffic trying to get home. So let's uh, let's fill your belly with a little Johnny Kilbasa in the Fast Food Review. And now on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Yeah, yeah. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, ooh, we do not want to know, Johnny Kilbasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aaron, because I ride, 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 even though the sun is in my eyes, because I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the take, and I'm covered with cheese. It, and I aim to please it, Mark. I think there was a little uh, tease right there, a little hint on what the Fast Food Review is going to be comprised of, uh, comprised of tonight. What do you got for us, Johnny? I know there are a lot of dedicated Cheez-It fans out there, and I know that those dedicated Cheez-It fans don't like their Cheez-Its messed with, but Pizza Hut called up and said, hey, Mr. Cheez-It, maybe we can do something over here. So now we've got cheese stuff, Cheez-It pizza from Pizza Hut, Mark. I saw those on uh, Twitter or Facebook or something. They looked phenomenal. I mean, I'm not Cheez-Its. I can take it or leave them. Right. But they were they were like these little pizza, like just I don't know. Some like really big Cheez-Its. But they're, it, they're mega Cheez-Its. Yeah. You get four of them for five bucks. They come in a little box. They're part of their menu, their value menu thingy there. So yeah. you get four <laughs> of them. They, and they they actually, I was wondering, okay, maybe it'll kind of taste like a Cheez-It, but these things actually taste like Cheez-Its. I think the, the, the crust is actually made from Cheez-Its and the, the, the cheddar cheese, whatever that is. But it's pretty good. You can get it with just cheese in the marinara dipping sauce or they'll add pepperoni to it, although the pepperoni was almost non-existent and unnecessary. I never think the pepperoni is unnecessary, but it kind of is on this because you're just getting a big mouthful of hot Cheez-It. It's like if you took a handful of cheese and stuck it in the microwave, covered it with cheese, and then just jammed it all in your mouth at the same time. I'm trying to think if there's any dish that's served with a side of marinara that I don't love. I love, you serve, you give me a side of marinara, mozzarella sticks, um, fried ravioli, che- anything with the marinara dipping sauce, I'm on board. The breadsticks from Little Caesars. Oh, those are the best. They are the best. Yeah, that's, that's how you win me over. I'm very simple-minded. Like... Well, it comes with uh, marinara dipping sauce, Aram. I'm like, oh, all right, let's get two orders up. Uh, actually, Mark Aylwines, uh not that he's the expert that you are, but he certainly lives uh, through the fast food world. And he I respect said, his opinion. Yeah, you respect, exactly. He's, he's a knowledgeable bloke on the subject, and he and his wife Fran had him the other day, the Cheez-It things, and he, he gave him a, a, a good review as well. So I'm on board. Maybe we can do that. When are you off, Longoria? When are you not here this week? I'm not. I'm, I'm, oh, working. Deb, I'm working every Deb's day. Deb's on vacation starting Wednesday, so we'll yeah. get him Wednesday, Thursday, there, or Friday. So Deb doesn't have to turn me down for yeah. food again. Um, I got yeah. a, food, a food story from this weekend. Um, yeah. So I was at my buddy's house in Buckhead watching uh, college football on Saturday, and I, we'll talk about that in just a second. But we wanted some dinner, and I was like, oh, Genki is right across the street from your apartment. It's a Japanese restaurant. I'm like, call up. We can walk across the street, pick it up, blah, blah, blah. So my buddy calls up, he orders the Chinese, uh, the Japanese food, and my other buddy goes to pick it up, and the, the restaurant's closed. Like, it's not there anymore. So we're like, what the heck? So he comes back in to the, to the apartment, and we call, he called, my buddy who ordered it called him back up, and was like, hey, uh, I just ordered from you guys, and we went to pick it up, and it's closed. And he's like, oh, the Buckhead location is not open. This is the Virginia Highlands location. Oh, wow. So you're like, oh, we're screwed, right? Yeah. Uh, tap uh, tip of the hat to Genki 
they they delivered it. Oh, really? Yeah, they went for they delivered from the Virginia Highlands. They don't even do delivery. They sent, wow. I guess, one of the bus boys out there. Like, hey, take this to Buckhead. Hope y'all tipped him very good. My buddy did, yeah. But how cool was that? Yeah, like, that is cool. That's unbelievable. Most people would have been like, well, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're eating it, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so tip of the hat to Genki. All right, let's do Johnny Kilbasa's football minute. <laughs> yeah. Joining us uh, to recap the weekend that was in the world of pigskin, one of the worst football weekends in my life. It's Johnny Hello. Kilbasa and the football minute. Omaha. Week six of the NFL from Get About It Week in College. But digitous week in America. Your fine city Panthers steamrolled the Shanklin Tears with three 100-yard rushers. Stick that in your Canterbury Tales. They're making a run at the Sun Belt East. Your Atlanta United FC are in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Round one Saturday. The Benzo better be sold out. Don't ask me about the Magic City Dirty Bird. There's nothing extra about that extra point. Is Kyle Murray a must-start fantasy option now? Don't ask me about the Stone Mountain Freeway Boo Dogs. There's nothing over about those overtimes. Make way for Z. Number four, Ohio State Buckeyes. Don't ask me about the West Side Ramblin' Wreck. There's no singer in that B right now. Mark Aram's New York football giants are two and four. American team Cleveland Browns are two and four. The Steelers, Jaguars, Titans, Broncos, Chargers, and Bucks are two and four. Roll Tide was actually losing for a bit in the first quarter. LSU won an alligator shootout. Kentucky outhogged Arkansas with 330 yards rushing. Auburn was on the bye. The New York football Jets were spleen and mean to upset Los Caballeros. And tonight... The Steak Sandwich City Lions take on Fantasy Point Thief Aaron Jones and the Chiefs Packers on the MNF. And that's the last we're going to talk about this weekend in football. Just awful. The dogs. We're out uh, next week. Just awful. My the Falcons won. Just awful. That was a good win for you. That was. That was a good Solid weekend. Johnny K, we appreciate you as always. And? It's the cholesterol. Hi, baby. Omar, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and listen to the Sausage Chat Podcast on any pod app or johnnykilbasa.com. All things Kilbasa on johnnykilbasa.com. Appreciate you, bruh. Go Panthers, bruh. <laughs> we'll be right back. Aramid for Erickson on WSB. Coming up after the news at 6, we'll play a little millennial match game as we transition from Atlanta's Evening News to the Mark Aram Show, which is heard Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on WSB. And Deb Green, producer of the Mark Aram Show. Folks, when they get home, they can listen to the program. How? On your Amazon <laughs> smart speaker. You could also check out the podcast on WSB Radio. I believe you post them on SoundCloud, Facebook, yes. YouTube iTunes, much anywhere. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. The Mark Aram Show is everywhere, Longoria. You can't escape it. You can't. You can't escape it. Not even, even if you, you try. Cody joins us in Atlanta. Cody, welcome to the program. How are you, bud? Hey, Mark. How you doing today? Excellent. What's cooking? I uh, was listening to you a few minutes ago. You was telling me about this show that you binge-watched on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, there's another great show that I wanted to tell you about that I just got done binge-watching with my girlfriend over the weekend. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Lore. L-O-R-E? L-O-R-E. There's two seasons of it. Okay. I prefer the first one, and there's a great episode on there. It's the second episode or third, I believe. It's called Echoes. All right. It's, it's a really good program. It was a really big podcast on the Internet, made it into a television show. And there's a uh, actor on there that I recognized, and he's here from Atlanta. Very so cool. I'll really check it out. It. Lore. And I have uh, Amazon Prime uh, through my friends at Xfinity. By the way, it's The Spy. The Spy. The Spy. The, the, the. 
The. Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, it's six episodes, little mini series thing. True story. It's fantastic. I, I binge watched also the uh, latest series season of Peaky Blinders. Have you guys watched oh, that I yet? I just got into that. Yeah, season one or the latest? I just started season one. I just finished season one. Yeah. I love it. The latest season is not great. Lower expectations for I think it was season six or season five they just oh, released. All right, because it was <laughs> well, it was an English show. She's going to stop watching. But, well, it. you know, uh, I'm into whatever. that. Yeah. But what I think happened was, and it's worth watching. It's just it was so they they released the show in England, yeah. and it you know, and people in England watched it, and it was fine. Yeah. But then it came over and was available on Netflix, and it blew up. Yeah. So like, all right, we'll do another season, and they're like, all right, we got to do big budget now, you yeah. know, because it's such a hit, and it was it kind of lost the. The flavor of the original. But, I mean, it's worth watching, but it wasn't fantastic. Ahmad, oh, Ahmad, I don't have time. Can you hang on through the break? Sure. All right, hang on, Ahmad. Um, See if Ahmad wants to play uh, Millennial Match Game 2, Chuck. I need uh, at least one more contestant. Call now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Two contestants needed for Millennial Match Game. We'll come back after news, weather, and traffic. And we'll begin the actual Mark Aram Show on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. 608 on a Monday. You know what that means, folks. It's a millennial match game time. Mark Aram with most of my pals. Longo just beat it. He just peaced out. He's headed to a concert. A date night or yeah. something. Yeah. Deb Green's here. Uh, Justin filling in on the other side of the takeout window. Low T screening your calls. Justin, let me hear that beautiful Judd Hickenbotham uh, intro for Millennial Match Game, if you don't mind. Let's play Millennial Match Game. Yeah, let's have some fun on a Monday. Joining us in studio, a first-time millennial on the program, uh, former employee here at WSB Radio from the promotions team, it's Tori. Tori, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you? Well, we got, there we go. Say it again. Hey, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm excellent. So good to see you. You look great. Me too. How's life? What's going on? What are you doing now, now that you're out of uh, promotions? I know. I miss y'all. This was great to come back. But I work for Visit Roswell and Roswell, Inc., just up the street in Roswell here. And so I'm the admin coordinator, just making Roswell the number one city in the metro. Beautiful. I'm very so. proud of you. Very cool. <laughs> Do you have you have connections in Roswell? Obviously, yes, yes. so so Chuck has been banned for some reason from downtown Roswell. He got Uh-oh. rowdy in the square. Can we can we get that band lifted? I mean, I'll I work in the up. square, so let's <laughs> let's stay, you know. Excellent. And how old are you, Tori? Just so we have an idea for Millennial Match Game. Twenty eight. Twenty eight years young, right in the meat of the Millennial Match Game. There. All right, let's meet our contestants. Dan joins us on the show. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Hey, Preach, bro. Welks, buddy. Live up here. Live up here in Jefferson, Georgia. Beautiful. That's God's country up there. God, yes, God, and Jennifer Griffey's live in Jefferson, Georgia. Dan, we appreciate it. You're going to be playing Justin. Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Hey, Mark. I'm uh, Justin from Dallas, Georgia. Also, uh, God's country. Uh, also, yeah, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> my friend Tamika lives there. So there you go. God and Tamika live in Dallas. All right, Millennial Match Game. Tonight's uh, version is superheroes or villains, real identities. So I'll give you an example, guys. Um, I'm going to ask Tori, um, Superman. What is Superman's uh, real identity? What's his name? Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Very easy, right? Let me play. I'm going to play some. There we go. So that's that's very simple. So I'm going to say a superhero and you guys have to guess whether Millennial Tory will know their real identity or not. You got it? Very simple. Got it. All right, here we go. Uh, Dan is up first. Our first superhero is Iron Man. Iron Man. Will Millennial Tory know Iron Man's real name? 
You say yes. I think so, too. That's that that that's really come on. You know, it's a huge blockbuster uh, movie franchise now. So I agree with you. Uh, Tori, Iron Man's real name is what? Oh, oh, oh. I see a blush. I see a hesitation. Do you have a guess? No. No guess? Make Throw any name out there. It might be right. Any name. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is correct. Uh, but it's uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark. All right. No, no point for you, Dan. I, I'm sorry. I would have thought you would have gotten that. All right. So apparently uh, superhero is not her strength. Let that be a lesson to you guys. All right. Uh, Justin's up next. Uh, Justin, here we go. Wonder Woman. Right. Wonder Woman. Will Tori, the millennial, know Wonder Woman's real name? Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm going to say yes. You say a, yes. I think you're wrong. As as Tori is shaking her head. This is actually a tough one. Wonder Woman's real name, Tori. You can shout out any of your friends right now if you want. Just throw a guess out there. Whatever you want to do. Ashley Allen. Hey, Ashley up? Allen. <laughs> it's close. It's Diana Prince. Or Princess Diana of them something. I don't know. Le- Linda Carter, by the way, the original. Linda Carter, yes. Linda that Carter. I would have. Ex- I would have accepted Linda Carter. What I love about uh, Wonder Woman is her magical power. Aside from being a badass, is the ability to make men tell the truth. Oh, with the lasso of truth. Yeah, like yeah. that's hilarious to me. Like what? There's there's w- w- uh, dudes sitting around trying to, trying to write the Wonder Woman character. And, like, what do women want as a superpower? The ability to have men tell the truth. And that is what they did. All right, so uh, we're 0 for 0. 0 0. Millennial Match Game brought to you, as always, by Rocco's European Garage, superheroes and villains' real identity. All right, Dan, the superhero is Captain America. Captain America. Will Millennial Tory know Captain America's real name? I'm going to have to say no. Yeah, go no. Just go no the rest of the show, guys, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tori, <laughs> Captain America's real name is... It's a guy. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Well, you got the actor right, right? I don't no, know. No, 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 right. no, he's not. No, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Yeah. Now, that, that that's a forgotten superhero. Like, if it wasn't for these new movies... Captain America would have been lost for history. But these movies are all fairly recent. And they're yeah. very recent. Yeah. All right, so you get the point. Now you get it. When in doubt, the millennial does not know. No offense, Tori. All right, Justin, None to, to tie it up, uh, this is actually, I don't know. She might know this one. I'm not going to influence you. The superhero is Batman. Will millennial Tori know Batman's real name? She's got to know this. Right. Everybody knows this. I, I'm with you. She's got to know. Batman's real name is what, Tori? Bruce Wayne. That is yeah. Bruce Wayne. Good job, by the way. All right, so she did know one. So when in doubt, the millennials sometimes will know. All right, end of round one, a millennial match game, superhero, villains, real identities version. What's the score, Deb Green? All tied up at 1-1. Round two, a millennial match game continues, brought to you by... Rocco's European Garage. Uh, Deb Green, the score, please. Score is one apiece. And Dan is up. Dan, superhero, villains, real identities. Will Millennial Tory, 28 years young, cute as a button, newly married, works and lives in Roswell. Will she know Wolverine's real name? Wolverine. Yeah, I'm going to have to say no Ooh, on that one. I think you're wrong. She just put her hands uh, no, right over no. her face. No. He oh, he no. said no? Yeah. Oh, all right. I thought you said yes. My bad, Dan. I've got bad hearing. Wolverine, Tori, uh, it's a guy, if that helps you. Throw something out there, buddy. You know, I have an older brother, and I don't know how. I don't know any. Yes. <laughs> um, Wolverine. I'll even give you, he's got a nickname. I'll even, if you know the nickname, I'll, I'll give it to you. 
Is it like X or something? No, it, is, it is. Logan is the nickname. His real name is James Logan. Howlett. My name's Logan. All right, there you go. Uh, so you do get the point. Good job, Dan. Uh, Justin, you're up next. Millennial Match Game continues. Superheroes and villains' real identities. Will Millennial Tory know the real identity of Catwoman? Catwoman. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't even know in this one. Uh, you'll be yeah, you'll surprise me, Tori. Catwoman. Anne Hathaway is incorrect. Catwoman <laughs> um, is not the best dressed woman in the world. Oh. Eartha Kitt. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Selena Kyle was Catwoman's real name. I had and no idea. If you idea. watched the Anne Hathaway one, that came up. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right, Millennial Match Game continues. Uh, Dan, this is a tricky one. We run out of the bed there? There we go. Spider-Man. Let me have it. Spider-Man. That's tough. That's pretty easy, but it's oh, Tori, so we don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Will she know Spider-Man's real name? I'm going to have to say no. You say no. Oh, she is bumping her fists in the air. It looks like she knows it, but she could be wrong. Spider-Man's real name, Tori, is? Peter Parker. Peter Parker picked. Good job. No point. Oh, I love that you got the old school. Uh, I tried to find the old ones. I remember I had uh, Spider-Man pajamas. The footed pajamas. They still make those? Underoos? No, no. Underoos were underwear. Like the footy pajamas. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Did they have those in Montana, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the footed pajamas. I could see Chuck wearing those. All right. Uh, no point. Here we go. Who's up, Deb Green? It is Justin's turn. Justin, here we go. Millennial Match Game continues. Right. The superhero is Daredevil. Daredevil. Will Millennial Tory know the real name of Daredevil? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say one. hell no on this one. Daredevil, Tory, the Millennial. <laughs> what do you think? Taylor Davis, my husband. Taylor, there you go. Shout out to the husband. Uh, Daredevil is Matthew Michael Murdoch. I wouldn't have gotten that one either. Don't feel bad about that, Tori. All right, here we go. This is interesting. This is a newer one. Uh, they didn't have this growing up as a kid. Who's up, Deb Green? It is uh, it's Dan, Dan again. The uh, superhero is Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Well, Millennial Tori, no, Ant-Man. It's not Paul There's Rudd, no by the way, way Tori. It's not Paul no. Rudd. Don't, no yeah. way. All right. Uh, Ant-Man, Tori, what do you think? You, uh, Dan says no. I'm with him. I wouldn't have known this, to be honest. It's all right. No. Give me a guy's name. Who was your first crush in high school? Say his name. Let him know. <laughs> uh, Michael Cook. Michael Cook is actually right. Unbelievable. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you had a crush on a guy named Scott Lang, that would have been. Right. Scott Lang is uh, Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. I, there was a, that wasn't a thing when I was a kid, right? Ant-Man? That's a, that's a Hollywood creation, I think. I don't remember. But he's had like three movies recently. Yeah, exactly right. right. All right, uh, that means uh, Justin's up. Justin, yes. this is a tough one because I would I'll know this, you know this, but will Millennial Tory know the real identity of the Incredible Hulk? <sighs> that's a tough one. I I mean, it's so easy for me and you, but Tory's twenty eight. She's right. she's been sheltered up in Roswell the whole time. Never leaves the square. Incredible Hulk. Will she know the real identity of the Hulk? Uh, let's go no. You say no. I'm with you. The Incredible Hulk, Tori. If only y'all let me name the actor. Who's the actor? Louis Ferrigno. That is the original one. I'll give you credit on oh, there. Oh, okay. What? He was a doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Bada no, bam. No. No? Nothing? Who's your, who's your pediatrician as a kid? Give that doctor a shout out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Mar- All right, mine was Dr. Markowski. Okay. I'll guess Dr. Markowski. It was Bruce, Dr. Bruce Banner was the Incredible Hulk's alter ego. Bruce Banner. Yes. Yeah. Physician, scientist, searching for a way that, to... That TV show when I was a kid scared the bejesus out of me. When he got angry? Yeah, yeah Louis Ferrigo. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. specifically remember having nightmares of Lou Ferrigo busting down my, my bedroom door and coming in and body slamming me. So All my right. brother did Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, you know, way Yu-Gi-Oh, those things. All right, That's end of round two, Millennial Match Game. What's the store to get a uh, score, Deb Green? All right, Dan and Justin, you both got three points. All right, we're going to come back. The nail-biter finale of Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage next on The Mark Aram Show. Round of Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. It is tied up three to three. Dan and Justin, Millennial Match Game edition, superhero villains, real identities. Dan is up. You need this one for the win, Dan. Deadpool. Will Millennial Tory know the real name of Deadpool? You with me, Dan? We do not have Dan. Uh, that means no point. You would have gotten that anyway. I'm here. Oh, Dan, Deadpool. I'm here. Deadpool. Will, will she know yep. Deadpool's name? I'm going to say no. You say no. Real quick, Tori, Deadpool. I know. I know she's oh in my tears. Gosh. Real quick, we're running out of time. Lucas. Lucas is not. No, it's Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson. All right, for the tie here, Justin, Mr. Fantastic. Will she know Mr. Fantastic? His real name. No way. I say no way no as way. well. Mr. Fantastic, Tori. Dan, Kathy, because I love me some Chick-fil-A. Aw, nice little Chick-fil-A plug. <laughs> he is Mr. Fantastic, but it's Reed Richards. Reed Richards. We're knotted up at a 4-4 tie. What does that mean, Deb Green? That means you're both going to get four-pack of tickets to go check out the Hawks home opener Saturday, October 26th. Take it on Orlando How Magic. How about that? Eight Hawks tickets Please. just given away. Welks, buddy. Um, I am going to put you both on hold. Chuck's going to get some info. Tori, great to see you. Welcome back. You did a fantastic job. Thanks, uh, don't be a stranger. Come on back. Tori from the promotions team back in the day. We'll come back. The Mark Aram Show continues on 95.5 WSB. Hi, this is Jane Seymour, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the program. 639, 73 degrees on Peachtree Street. In case you missed it earlier, 4.5 in the Mark Aram Show back sweat meter. Mel is doing his job. I, I barely even... Had a glisten on my back on the way in today. Not it was a little a bit. Well, I walked the dogs first. Oh, okay. By the way, so I'm waiting for this very important package from FedEx, and they said it would be delivered before 8 p.m. So I filled in for Erickson today, so I got up earlier than normal. I got up at 2, you know, made some coffee, messed around, fed the dogs, then went to walk them. And in my walk, the FedEx I came. Always. And I missed it, and there was a thing on the package. <laughs> oh. Yeah, But I just got to put a thing now and sign it, and they'll bring it tomorrow. Anyway, uh, my favorite story of the week so far, uh, it's the lost dog story. Have you guys heard about this? If not, here's the latest from ABC Radio News. Amazing story. The 14-year-old fox terrier named Duchess was found hungry and shivering in a shed in Carnegie, Pennsylvania last week. She had gone missing from Boca Raton, Florida in 2007, but had a microchip that led her back to owner Catherine Strang in this emotional reunion. Hodges! Was that my Duchess Hodges? Hi, baby. It's not known how Duchess ended up in the Pittsburgh area. Dave Schreiber, ABC News. Unbelievable. Dog disappears, 12 years later, is found alive, went from Boca Raton to, to... Pennsylvania, Chuck. That's miraculous. Do you think the dog 
What, what was the dog's reaction? I mean, dogs are awesome. Do you think the dog was happy to see the owner? Or was like, who are you? Or was like, why would, you know, why like, What you... the hell, man? Yeah. So apparently the dog raced out of her house uh, in Florida 12 years ago, and they put up posters and never thought they'd see it again. But the woman, apparently there's like a $15 chip fee that yeah. you have to pay. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So Deuce is chipped. I'm not paying any fee, I don't think. It might depend on who who does the chip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not like a tra- it's not like a homing beacon, Chuck. Right. So it's just if the dog is no, found, but, yeah, then and they scan it. Yeah, um, it's like I, you're buying milk. They I just, just yeah, scan, exactly. Right? I just think that's such an amazing story. So here's what I want to talk about: Have you ever had a pet run away and come back? And on a broader subject, um, now now Chuck, your daughter's how old now? Two, uh, almost two, She's almost like two. What do you tell your kids when? Your dog, quote, runs away from home. or the dog died. Or, yeah, or the goldfish, you know, uh, went out to sea. Like, wh- when I was a kid, I didn't have dogs growing up. Shame on my parents, by the way, because I'm such a dog lover now. Um, but wh- I had I had goldfish, and my mom didn't lie. She'd be like, oh, yeah, Sharky died. Yeah, I flushed nice. him down the toilet. But I've heard I had friends that'd be like, oh, what happened to Rufus, your dog? Oh, he went to live on a farm. Like, that was the, the, oh, yeah, farm, really? What to go live on a farm? My dad told me that we ate my fish stick or my fish for fish sticks one night. That's, That's how fantastic. I was like four. I don't eat fish now. To I was traumatized day. for that. Yeah, yeah thanks, that, Dad. That stuff stays with you. That stuff absolutely stays with you. So if you have any uh, lost dog or recovery stories, I'd love to hear them at 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, so I've got two dogs, Bosco and Deuce, right now, and Bosco's 14. She's never running away because she just she's smart. She knows that, you know, her nose will take her back. I could see Deuce, like, getting off the leash and, and gone. But luckily, he's the one that's chipped. But I would—that's uh, got to be heartbreaking to to lose a dog or a cat. I had a I had a neighbor that uh, had you know had cats, and they made they were outdoor cats. But I live right on the wood line at Peachtree Creek. There's coyotes and whatever. And this poor poor girl, you know, was putting up these missing cat you know posters like right after the HOA emailed out like twelve coyote sightings in the last oh, two days. It was yeah. like. Yeah, that that cat never That's came back. Lost. Well, I guess never say never now because I mean, twelve years later, the the dog came back. That's an unbelievable story. Skip's in Buford. Skip, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. I just got a couple of them. My son, when he was about three, we had a bunch of little fish. One of them's floating in the top, you know. So he says, "Dad, you know the fish is hurt." So you're supposed to put him in cold water, euthanize him, whatever. So the fish dies. Yeah. And I look around and I don't see my son. And I go in there and he's got his hands on the tank and he's leaning over and he goes. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brother's dead. We did all what? we could. And your son was 19 at the time. Oh, he was three. Oh, okay, good. That's a better story. JJ's in Buford. JJ, real quick, what do you have? Yeah, uh, similar story. We had uh, Samson and Delilah, a couple of Irish setters. And uh, one time when ours got hit by the dump truck, oh. that I, I found that out later oh. in life. My mom said that uh, it ran off with a pack of dogs and, and went to some farm. So, lived lived yeah. happily ever after. So one of the dogs died, but the other one lived? The other one lived. Uh, Samson was very smart. Delilah uh, was a little bit slow. How was the dog after uh, the other one was hit and killed? Was it, like, uh, sad? and? Yeah, he was a little sad for, for quite a while, but yeah. uh, he was a good dog and eventually got over it. And, he lived happily ever after as well. I love the dog names, by the way. That's awesome. Samson yes. and Delilah. Re- you know, a belated rest in peace to Delilah, JJ. 
Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, when we come back, more of your uh, lost pet stories. Only here till uh, 7 tonight. Then Dr. Joe and his doctrinaires are filling in. He's got a big crew here. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. What do you know? It's the Mark Aram Show. years ago, dog runs away from Boca Raton, Florida, was found last week in Pennsylvania. Real quick, your lost pet stories. Julie's up on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Julie. Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, so, my husband and I left town for five days and I had a friend watching the house. We have three cats. And when we came home late uh, from our trip, it was close to 11 o'clock when we pulled up, I noticed the front door was cracked open. Boom, cat's and gone. It, it, I was, like, freaked out. Well, we have three of them. So I jump out of the car. I'm not even concerned if there's a burglar. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm checking to see if the cats are there. And I have a boy and two girl cats. The two girl cats are skated cats. They're hiding, but I can't find Lionel anywhere. And so I freak out. It goes all through the night. I'm crying my eyes out. I have the garage door, like, partially open with me down there with a can of food. Nothing. The next morning... We decided to make flyers, and before we leave to go pick up the flyers from uh, FedEx, the printing, when we go to the car, I hear this slight whimpering of a cry, and we parked the car in front of the garage. No, you didn't and hit Lionel, did you? No. I keep hearing this cry, this slight, sorry, slight whimpering of a cry, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's somewhere. I hear him. I hear him. Real quick, and how so does it I'm, end, Julie? I'm crawling on the ground. Mm-hmm. How does it end? Real quick. I find him in the back carriage of the car on the passenger side wheel. Oh, my goodness. Thank God. Uh, John's in Conyers. John, real quick, your story. Yeah, my dad used to raccoon hunt, and uh, we had an old plot hound, and we'd let him out on the road, and the dog would just evaporate sometimes. Just He would be two or three mountains over barking, so my dad would just go, oh, hell with him, you know. So we'd take off a pair of socks or a T-shirt, or a jacket, throw it on the ground and leave him at night. Yeah. Come back the next morning, he'd be sleeping right on top of That's shirt. fantastic. I had a buddy that had dogs like that. They would wander off for weeks at a time. Nathan, real quick, what's your story, Nate? So I don't have a story about uh, dogs running away, but I do have a story. Some people are uh, blessed with parents that make up stories that say, hey, your dog is yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife what happened? not that way. Uh, so she, her, she was over at her grandfather's farm, and they – her and all of her cousins, and uh, they said, hey, go out and feed Hamburger, which was the name of their cow, um, this deal of apples. And uh, so they went out, fed, hamburger. hamburger, some apples, and Grandpa came up the side of the road, or the side of the cow, shot in its head. Oh, so my they, they God. Really quick, really quick, what it meant. Oh, my God. That's a horrible grandfather. Mike in Loganville. Mike, real quick, what's your story? Uh, yeah, I had a, I got a dog when I was 17, and uh, I had her for I had her for 17 years. She uh, she ran away one day, couldn't find her. We looked everywhere, man. We looked for two or three months, put out flyers, and uh, my buddy, two and a half years later, no kidding, found the dog delivering pizzas. Oh my God, that's Called a 17 year old dog runs away. Usually, it's their runner off to die. Chuck, finish this up real quick. What's your story? Hey, buddy. Uh, so when I was about 14, we lived in Florida, and my dad was one of these guys that loved co- collecting uh, exotic pets. So one of the pets he got us when we were kids was this little skunk, and we had it for a while. It was the coolest pet ever. 
but it got out of the house one day and we couldn't find it. And, uh, about two months later, just after dark, my buddy come banging on the door, my neighborhood friend. And they said, there's a skunk in the neighbor's trash. And I ran out there in the dark, uh, hoping the hell it was him, you know, cause I didn't want to get sprayed. And it was a ratty looking, the hair was all nasty looking and it turned out it was, it was him. And, oh my uh, God. It was crazy. Two years gone. And I, I when well, I think exotic pets, skunk isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but good for you. Exotic pet owner. Uh, let's do start of the show there, Justin. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show? I was going to give it to Phil Holloway and Ron Carlson, our legal analysts, but I'm going to give it to AJC's Christian Boone. He did four minutes on the show. He's like, I'm out. Christian Boone, Christian Boone peaced out on uh, on the program. I, I respect that, Christian Boone. Chuck calls back. He's like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. Good for you, Christian Booth. Thanks, thanks seriously, though, for giving us that coverage. Dr. Joe's taking over my next hour on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. on 95.5 WSB. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.